what I'm going to do today, it's a little bit part two of what I've done uh, on resilience. I don't know if you remember if you were there two months ago, but I did a talk on resilience, who was part of a wholehearted living series. And in this talk on resilience, I've particularly talked about how we can be able to overcome adversity and even through setback, difficulties and delays, we can be ourselves and free, um, powerful, etc. Yeah? So you could always go on the podcast if you want to listen to that one. Now, in that particular talk, I gave you a testimony about what happened to me last summer. And in a short version today, because I need that for carrying on, Basically, last summer, I went through a moment where, you know, nothing was quite was wrong in my life. I still loved God, still was faithful, etc. But somehow, I felt not as connected to God. It was like, I'm thinking, the, and it took me ages to work out what it was, okay? And I realized, suddenly, you don't want me, oh my gosh, you actually disappointed. You worked hard, and you didn't get what you wanted for it, and you're a little bit disappointed. And I had this encounter with God where I had run into his lap and basically <laughs> just went to tears and say, you know, I don't know what's going on, but that's, I'm disappointed. This is, this, I'm not happy about that, etc. And then I, I heard this really gentle voice, you know, uh, like you do a bit with your children. You say, oh my dear, you're a little bit like a two-year-old doing a tantrum right now, are you? And I saw myself, and I had this picture of myself, you know, going, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, like when two, two years old children are, are doing. And you know what? At first, I burst into laughter because you know when God's telling you something, it, it's it's never to condemn you, but to help you. You agree with that? Yeah. Yes. So out of that, I thought, oh, okay. So that completely inspired me to dig a little bit, and I'm, I thought to myself, wow, I'm not that mature. I need maturity because I don't want to stay all my life this little toddler who when they don't get what they wanted or expected, they go, you know what I'm saying? So I think there's something in me that needs to grow. There's something in me that needs to be able to trust God when things are going wrong or when things are going tough. You know, I need to grow in that relationship that I can trust him even when the going gets, gets tough, okay? So that's where I started. And basically, uh, for months and months, I thought about it and I dig some verses and I, I, I'm a visual processor, okay? So when it's like that and God is or something like that on my life, I have to dig, I have to dig and I have to look and I have to write, I have to draw, I have to do all sorts of things to process it, yes? That's how I work. So out of this, I basically did this picture, okay? And today, basically what I'm proposing is to unpack what God shared with me, you know, through through these months where I was thinking how to grow in maturity, how to be more perseverant when things get tough. And, I, and so I'm going to unpack this picture, if it's okay with you. Is that all right? It's a bit unusual, right? Okay, so the first thing that came to my mind when um, uh, I, I was speaking to God uh, is that there is one fact. There's a race, and that's real. There's a real race. Okay, and 
there is another goal to the race. And in this race, we are not alone. That's the first thing that came uh, and God showed me. I read through Hebrew 12, verse 1. That's for the people who write not. And it says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangle us, and let us run with endurance the rest that is set before us. So there is a rest. There is a goal. And, but you are not alone with it in it. Because like this cloud showing all the weaknesses, and we've just been doing man and woman of faith, yes? So all the past Christian who have been faithful are cheering you from heaven and say, oh, well, don't carry on a little bit more. And we can learn from their testimony, we can learn from, from, um, from their lives uh, what they learn, and we can carry on the rest. And they are cheering us on. Yes? So that's the first thing I've seen. Now, the end goal of this race, the whoop whoop of the atom, is that we inherit his promises. Okay? It says in Hebrews 6, verse 12, be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Okay? So we've got this race, we're running, we keep going, the heavens are cheering us on, okay? And so we keep going, and the end goal of this race is to inherit these promises. Isn't it amazing? Amazing, no? Yeah? Now, what it means for us immediately is you see, in this race, we are pressing on for more, more of heaven now. You, yeah? But it's not just for us. There is a multi-generation dimension to it. Yes? Like the previous witness, sometimes, and we've seen that in the man and woman of faith, they didn't see all the promises from their lives sometimes. Yeah. But they carry on for the next generation. So some conquered land, some they, they didn't, some entered the land, some didn't, okay? <coughs> but they carry on for the next generation. So we need to be in this position that we know we're running a race, but it's not just for us now. It could be multi-generation, it could be for your children. It could be that you see the inheritance of your promises right now, but you could see that your children are seeing them. And even if your children are not seeing them, your children and children will be closer to these promises. And ultimately, you will inherit these promises fully in heaven. Would you agree with that? Yes? So, so you see, this race, that's my second point, this race is really about faith and patience. Okay? We imitate those who by faith and patience inherited the promises. We imitate them. So faith and patience is absolutely fundamental to the race. Uh, how many knows uh, that what we believe really affects the way we live? Mm. You agree? Yeah. Yes? Okay. So, again, if you don't think in a multi-generational dimension, 
you will live just for you and just for now. Would you agree? And actually, it would be a lot easier to get disappointed. Because just for you, just for now, sometimes that does not look very good. Would you agree? Amen. That would discourage you. And you will be tempted to give up many times. Amen. But if you see with invisible eyes, with, your, with our spiritual eyes, you know you will inherit the promises. So you keep being faithful. That's interesting actually. In faithful, there's the word faith. So you walk faithfully with God. You trust in Him. Whether you see or not, that's what faith is. Yes, you walk faithfully with Him. Whether you see or not. And actually we've seen that in our men and women uh, series. That some of the guys, oh my gosh. What about the mistake they made? I mean, we don't see that in the chapter 11 of Hebrews. The mistakes are not written there. What is written then is that they carry on. They walk faithfully. They walk faithfully, whether they could see or not see. They trust in God. They put their trust in God. Can you see? So, start to think multi-generational. You will be part one day of this cloud cheering people on. Cheering people on in heaven. In heaven. Mm. The next generation can stand on your shoulder. It's just so amazing. I love this uh, verse in Hebrew 11, verse 6. It says that without faith is impossible to please God. And the next bit is amazing. He rewards those who seek him. Mm. So he's a rewarder. Whether you get your reward now, whether your children get that reward, whether you get your reward in heaven, you can trust that God will reward you. Isn't he amazing? That's incredible. Now, once you've got the faith, well, the bit about the patience kicking, because if you have lots of faith, but you're not patient, like me, you will go, you know? So the patience kicks in. You have to be patient too because sometimes it won't be immediate. The run is very much like a marathon. It's not a sprint. Okay? It's not a really straightforward line and that's it, that's done. It's a marathon. It's a long race. And actually, you could see in my picture sometimes there's little bumps, sometimes you fall, sometimes somebody push you up, sometimes it's really easy, it's downhill, you know, and you've got grace kit that comes to you uh, at different times as well. So, it's a marathon. It's a for the long haul. It's walking faithfully with him. It's trusting him. And he will reward you. You can be sure of it. Now, that's my third point. So, what does maturity look like? I think maturity <coughs> looks like that it looks very much like having a vision. Having a vision. Okay? It's very interesting... Um, you know that in uh, I think it's deliberate I didn't even write the, the verse down but it says that uh, Jesus endured the cross for the joy set in before him do you remember that? so he could endure the cross because he could see the end line of the rest he knew that in his glorious purpose God was going to reconcile man to him through the cross. So that was such a joyful thing for him that he could endure 
what was tough. Yeah? So, maturity is to have a vision. First, your vision, I think it needs to be twofold. Your vision, first priority, is to fix your eyes on the one who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Yes? I mean, honestly, our faith, we, don't, we can't produce our faith. Our faith comes, it's a gift from Jesus. So we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Okay? And as well, secondly, in that, we trust that he's going to speak to us. He's going to give us, well, first he gives us genuine promises. Yeah? So, you know, he, he does want to heal, to save, to deliver. All of that are genuine promises. The heavens coming down to heaven, uh, to earth, that's for everyone. But he will call you to specific things. He will give you prophetic work. He will uh, call you to destiny. He will give you dreams. Okay? All of that, in all of that, again, you walk faithfully within, keeping your eyes on the end of the rest. Okay? And you will inherit the promises. You see? So, this call of maturity is really to, to not forget that vision, to keep your eyes on that vision. Okay. Uh, how many knows in this room that when the end product is good, we are quite happy to suffer? Would you agree with that? Okay. I always wonder why women keep getting pregnant. Yeah? I mean, that's a mystery to me. Especially when I was young, I was like, why would you keep pregnant? This, this is a terrible thing. There's this herb. But we know why. It's because the end product is amazing. So having a child is an amazing thing. So we are happy <coughs> to go for childbirth. <laughs> okay? Because the end product is amazing. Okay, you man have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but if I take an example for you, it's the same. If you have to put yourself through job interviews or through exam or anything like that, you know, you endure it because you hope for something good at the end. Yes? And when you finally get what you hoped for, you think, ah, oh, that fight was worth it. Amen. That fight was worth it. Actually, in that fight, I've learned something about myself. Amen. I've learned that I, I, I can push through, that God is faithful, that I've got more endurance than I thought I, I, I had. Yes? Amen. All of this. Would you agree? Mm. Yeah? It, you know, I used to disbelieve one verse of the Bible, actually a lot. But this one I used to really disbelieve it is the verse in Romans 5 uh, verse 4 uh, who says we also exult in our tribulations exult in our tribulations knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and that perseverance proven character and that proven character hope and hope will not disappoint you I used to think what? I mean, that's really, for years and years, I'm thinking, that's all good for you, Pong. But I, I, I can't exult in tribulation. I don't see it. I can't see it. Okay? But I'm starting to understand a little bit now. I have a glimpse. <laughs> I have a glimpse that it is about that, that when we see the end, when we know it's going to be good at the end, okay, we can persevere. Mm. And we agree that even in the bad, 
we can develop good things. Yeah. Okay, I have not said that God in purpose saves you bad things. I have not said that. But in the bad, it's going to help you. Okay? And you're going to learn tons of stuff. Yeah. You're going to learn how to depend on Him. You're going to learn how to trust Him. You're going to learn your character, which is really about finding as well your uniqueness in God. Um, you're going to uh, uh, learn to trust Him. Okay? You will basically increase your capacity to keep going, despite the difficulty, despite the delays. So that's very important to run the race that way. That we are mature, we see the end goal, and we keep going knowing that even when it's tough, it is with us. Yeah? We can read in Ephesians 4 that maturity, and that's the verse, maturity, Ephesians 4 verse 13, it says, maturity is being strong in our faith and connected to Christ and not tossed around by various doctrines, trickery of man and the schemes of the enemy. I love that, not tossed around. Okay? I So, I really asked myself, again, more question when I read that. So, how are we not tossed around when it's going wrong? How we do not wave our faith and trust in God when it's going tough? Okay? How we don't get tricked by people and the enemy? How do we do that? Okay? So, that's going to be my fourth point. And I think... It's got to start by something really practical. And for me, I think that managing myself is the first thing I need to look at. Do not be tossed around when something goes wrong. Managing myself, managing me is very important. Okay? And I found that there are three gauges. You know, so if you were driving along in your car, you know you have the petrol gauge, okay? If it goes down, you're in trouble. <laughs> because, you know, the car's going to stop. Pretty much. Or cough, or I don't know what. You know? You know what I'm saying? So there's free gauge as I'm going in the race that I want to keep my eyes on to make sure I'm healthy and I can run the race really well. You see my testimony last summer. I don't think it just happened boom like that. Actually, I was physically tired. Okay? First. Secondly, I was physically not well because I was struggling with all digestive problems. So I was really not well. Then, thirdly, Brexit happened. Okay? And even, all right? So, listen, if you go to Brexit, I love you. I release you. Don't worry about it. But I'm a French European, right? And it devastated me more than I can even articulate you. Yeah? It devastated me. I, I have to be honest. My soul was like... <coughs> yeah? It was really, really not happy. So, all of that together... Whoa. It's not a surprise that I started to, you know, wave a little bit. I went. I started to wave. I was a bit tossed around. I was tossed around. And I needed to recognize that. Okay? And we need to look at ourselves as a whole. We are spirit, body, and soul. Yes? 
And I'm not going to go, uh, right now I'm not going to go into a theological debate whether we are tripartite or bipartite. I mean, come up to me if you want to talk to me about that. But what I think it's safe to say that as human we are partly physical and partly spiritual. Would you agree with that? That's safe to say that, whatever happened. And uh, I think everybody agrees that, you know, until we go to heaven we have to be looking after this body, okay? And everybody would agree that we have emotional needs. Yes? But we have the Spirit of God in us as well. Okay? So, more and more what we're doing is true. We are walking by the Spirit with the Spirit of God. Okay? And we are um, transforming, I think Tim said that at the introduction, transforming from glory to glory. So, we really go after our spiritual impacting our physical and our emotional. You agree? Okay? So, let's manage me, let's manage myself better. So I'm looking at my gauge, and I think my, the first gauge, the most important gauge, is the gauge of beliefs. Okay, how is my believing? Am I really believing? It's a really important gauge to look at. Because when you believe what God promises, you have faith, you have hope, and you trust a good father. So I put all of this thing. You trust a good father. You are able to be a thermostat rather than a thermometer. So take the temperature of what's going on around you. No, you're able to impact around you. When, when you have beliefs, the right beliefs, you are healthy. It's the most important thing. And so basically your beliefs, your beliefs is really the the most straightforward way to measure uh, how alive you are in God. Would you agree? Yeah? So, that's why I think this, this gauge can really impact the other gauge, body and, and soul as well. Okay? In Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Amen. Do not lean on your own understanding. And in all your way, acknowledge Him. And he will make your path straight. Yes? You all know that verse. I know you do. So, if we have the right belief, if we are able to say, God, you are a good father, I trust in you. Yes? It doesn't mean I think it's easier. Okay? Sometimes it's not easy. We're not saying that. We're not denying that sometimes tough thing happens. But in it all... We trust in you, and you will make you will make a way. Amen. Yeah. So very often in this house we talk about you know having hope, and the areas in your life where you don't have hope is probably because you're believing a lie and not the truth. Yeah. So you need to go after the lies, and where is it that you don't have hope? Because I do think that if you are able to have your gauge beliefs full. Yes, you will be able to go through tough circumstances. Okay, it will help you to go through tough circumstances because you will trust God, and God will help you. So there's simple example we could take. For example, um, say the truth that God is my provision and is sufficient for me. Okay, if if I take this truth and I believe it, then I trust Him for my provision and. I believe that is enough for me and I can enjoy his presence and I can have, I can have joy. Amen. Yes? I can have peace and joy. Now, 
if that will impact your um, your attitude to money, for example, or possession, because that means you still be able to steward well your finance. You will still be able to ge- be generous, whether or not you have little or a lot. You still have a ne- you will have a healthy attitude. Okay, when you won't have enough, you'll say, "God, please provide." Okay. <coughs> But you still be able to have a healthy attitude. You won't have to envy other people, or you don't have to scheme for more. You just gonna have to go back to God and say, "God, you promised. Please provide." Yes. So your body here is super important. It's the same uh, with the truth. God is my healer. He loves me. That's a tough one when you go through long-term illnesses, right? I'm not saying it's it's, it's easy. But if you have right beliefs, then you say, God, I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. And you get the support of your brothers and sisters. And you go after this breakthrough. And I can guarantee if you have the right beliefs, um, you will be able to um, experience peace in the midst of difficult circumstances. Yes? So... The more you are going through tough circumstances, the more you need to look after your gauged beliefs. The more you need to really, really be careful that you have the right beliefs. Now, the gauge number two is actually the body. Okay, when we are physically unwell, it affects all. Mm. I, I, I know now. For a long time, I didn't know, but it's true. It affects all. It affects our emotion and it affects our capacity. Yes? You see, in, the, in his third letter, it was very interesting, I recently uh, saw this verse. John said, I pray that you will be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Okay? Sir is acknowledging that actually when we're not well, it has an impact on our emotions, on our capacity. So that's why we've got to look after our body really well too. The Bible is referring, it's funny, there's two things actually in this preach that have been mentioned already before. The Bible is referred to the body as being the temple of the Holy Spirit. So our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So how do you look after your temple? Yeah. Often people stop at, oh, I don't sin, I try to not get drunk, uh, I have some self-control, because I know that if I don't, oh, maybe God might not love me as much. You know, We don't believe that. We believe that we've got everything by grace. You agree? Yeah. Of course, we want to be moderate. We don't want to sin. But if you read very much that verse about the temple, okay, that's in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20, if you love looking at the Bible. But it's actually the purpose of looking after your temple is to glorify Him. Okay, it's a positive purpose. It's not, so it's about being healthy, have the capacity to glorify Him. Anyone? You could say, being able to run the race well. Okay? If you do not look after your body, you won't be able to look to do the race well. You'll be exhausted and tired. So you've got to look after your body. 
Okay? Now, let me give you a couple of practical examples. How many knows that tonight, if I go home and I watch TV absolutely all night, tomorrow I won't be very functional for work? Yeah? You know that, yes? Cool. Now, how many knows that if I decide to leave, to leave on just bread, say bread, I, know, I could have said that. Uh, this is all I'm going to eat, a little bit of bread every day for three or four months straight. How many knows that my body is going to not function properly? Yes? I would say that, that would not agree with me anyway. But you, you know that, yes? You know that if you don't eat the proper things, it affects your hair, it affects your nails, it affects your, your, your teeth, ladies, that's really a problem, isn't it? <laughs> and it affects your immune system, it affects everything. Yes. How many knows that if I don't exercise at all and I stay in bed all day, I will really struggle to go up the stairs at one point? Yes, you agree. So I would suggest to you that it's absolutely vital to do the basics and look at sleeping well, exercising well, eating healthily, drink, keep rehydrated, otherwise you can't focus if you don't drink. Yeah, you know that. Yes. I make this mistake all the time. I work, I work, I work, I'm at the computer, I'm at the computer, I'm at the computer. And suddenly I thought, hmm. I said, oh, five hours and I have not drunk. Okay, kitchen, water. Yes, we know that. We, this basic, basic stuff. But it will affect you, okay? And in the long run, you can, you can get sick, okay? Uh, and especially, it will affect your emotions too. Okay? It will affect your emotions too. So, now, can I give you a little bit of tough love? <laughs> Go on. Okay, I'll give it to myself too. Yeah. Right. It's really easy when you start to get on well. And please, I'm not condemning people who are ge have genuine things okay, in their body. But sometimes you get on well and you're thinking, oh, the enemy is attacking me. Okay? But actually, probably, I mean, I'm, I'm just throwing a number. But probably 80% of the kids will not look after ourselves very well. Is that possible? Okay, I'm doing it, so I know. Okay. So, that, that, that has to be a, a kind of um, a, a healthy decision that we're taking. Yeah. Making good choice. Making good choice about looking after the temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay, we have to acknowledge that there is interaction between our spirit, body, and soul, and we have to look after our body. That's all we've got on this earth. But thank, thank you, Jesus, a new body will arrive soon. Okay? But right now, I've got to look after this body. Okay? And make some really healthy decisions. Okay? Now, if I look at the gauge of emotions now, it's the same thing. I've got to look after my emotion, and you know, it's really difficult that gauge because, like, for example, if you're a man, you would be taught to not to hide them, hide your emotion. Okay, but actually, I suggest that's a, that's a, how we say in English a, a bomb uh, about to tick and go off. You know, that, that would be that because you, you know, it's important to look at what we need and our own emotions. So, for example, we all have needs of 
uh, having fun from time to time. We all have a need of feeling empowered that we can change, that we have hope for change. We, we all need a work balance that is acceptable. We all have needs of belonging and we all have needs of friendships, yes? So what I'm saying is sometimes you can make those things happen, happen and you're responsible. It's like for the, the body thing. Sometimes you're responsible, sometimes you're not. Sometimes you genuinely want, want to have friendship and you have not found your friends. You have to recognize how you feel. You have to recognize what you're lacking and ask the Holy Spirit to provide for you. If you're lacking of something, that ask Him to provide for you because He will. He really loves you. He wants to care for you. Okay? And some of the time, it's about being proactive. So, uh, like, if I give you an example in my life, now we're gonna, you're going to know, but I, I, as a character trait, I am a, a relator. So, and a re- relator people, what they do is, they need to have in their lives at least two or three or four, you know, like, very close friends with whom they can share very deeply their lives. That's, that's a need for me, Okay. And it's really interesting because sometimes I run the race and everything is fine. And I have faith, I have patience, everything is fine spiritually. But I notice my spring, the spring in my step starts to go a little bit, you know, like this, yeah. And I'm not as joyful that I normally are, yeah, yes, exactly. And immediately I know, that's, that's my, my thing, immediately I know, I say, ah. Oh, I've not shared deeply with my friends and I really miss my friendship. Yes? So what I do is, I know there are some people in my life, if they contact me or I, or I proactively contact them, I would drop almost anything to, to spend time with them because I know I need it. I absolutely need it. And if I don't have that, I will notice the difference in my outlook, you know, how I see life. Okay, another example in my life. So you have to find your your needs. Okay, what what works for you? Another example in my life is I, alas, I am really an achiever. Okay, so if I don't achieve things, oh my gosh, I'm not happy. I really feel not that I don't have a great sense of purpose, and then again I will feel demoralized. Okay. Uh, I need to tick some box. This is really, this is painful sometimes, okay? But this is, this is what I am. This is who I am, okay? So I've got to challenge myself, you know? And especially when you, you're at home sometimes and you, you raise up the kids there, the challenge, you know, of work and things like that has gone away. Uh, and you have to find another challenge. So for example, um, an example very recent for me, it's crazy, but it's like that. Uh, these last two or three weeks, I really felt, and I felt God say to me, you need to find some time to refresh yourself and do something different. So I took my, one of my days, I was not working, so I was off. And the thing that refreshed myself was to actually repaint the two bedrooms of my girls and the old garden plants. So this, basically, the last three weeks, I spent a whole day painting. Okay, for a whole day. I mean, for for some of you, you say like, what a nightmare. Okay, but for me, that's perfect 
And he goes, I just go like this, and I go a bit branded, and I just go, mm, yeah, no, no, I'm painting, and I don't have to think, so it's great. It gives me space, head space. Secondly, it gives me a sense of achievement. I go, tick, bedroom, done. Ah. And then garden done, yes. And then now I look at my fans and say, oh, yes, the fence does look really good. You, you need, that's how I work. Okay, maybe for you, that's not going to work. But it's because I've learned to recognize that what's going to refresh me is to switch off, do something different, but then I will have a sense of achievement. Yes? So what I'm saying is you need to, to talk to Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit, just show me what I need, what I like. Why am I feeling sad? Why am I feeling like this? Okay? Help me to take good decisions and to see what would help me in this area. Okay? Now, in all of this, I do think that Thanksgiving is very important because Thanksgiving positions our soul. You know, in the song, it's bless the Lord of Master. So everything you do, you position your soul and say, bless the Lord, you are so good, I am so thankful. So thankful you're here. Which brings me a little bit on, on the last point, really. And it's in my conclusion. You know, this race is very much a marathon. It's not a sprint. It will have season. It will have season of rest. It will have season of growth. It will have season to run faster. It will have season to slow down. It will have season where you will carry others. And there will be a season where you will need to be carried. Okay? There will be season where you need to get rid of unbelief, and there's some season where you have great victories. There will be all sorts of seasons. That's completely biblical. But in every situation, the light form is shining. The presence of God is there in every situation. Every situation. The Holy Spirit permeates your whole life. It is in you. You are never alone. Never alone. You don't do all these things by gritting your teeth. You say, Holy Spirit, come and help me. It's the same. If I said something this morning and it hit a bit of a nerve with you, I say, oh, don't feel condemned. Just go, oh, yeah, maybe I need to make someone just, Jesus, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. That's how you take it. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So whatever is the problem, you are not condemned. Okay? But you take every decision with the Holy Spirit. You work with Him. He is with you. You're not alone. And actually, I put all these little presents there along the race. Okay? They go revelation, grace, healing, community, strength. Because I think whatever you need along the race, he is faithful. And he will drop those gifts, those presents for you. If you need strength, he will give strength. If you need friends, he will give friends. If you need healing, he will give healing. So there is little present grace gift that will drop to you. So we are not supposed to do this alone. We have a cloud of witnesses cheering us on. And the Holy Spirit is with us. Isn't it great? Mm. Now, I would like to finish by praying for two, two types of people. Mm. So, if you could close your eyes, that'd be great. Just want to engage with the Holy Spirit, because honestly, this is the most important thing. If something that I said resound with you, just, just engage with the Holy Spirit, you know? If there's something you need to change, just talk to him.
take a decision. Repent if you need to repent. You've done something wrong, that's fine. Okay? Just 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 bring it to me. Okay? You've not treated your body well? Well, just it's alright. No condemnation. Just go to him and repent of that and start to decide to make really healthy changes in your life. Okay? Now, there's two people I really, two kind of people I really have on my heart this morning. You say, I would like, if you're suffering of long-term illnesses, or if you're suffering from, you know, like, whether it's depression or serious illnesses, you know, you know that that's not because you, you know, you miss a bit of sleep and you're ill. You, you know that that's something because we, you know, our body is not renewed and... So that's what happened. So if you're suffering, or you know someone who has a long term illness, could you please stand for me? Because I want to pray for you, for your hope to be restored, and for God to bless you. Okay, so you could stand in somebody else's place as well if you want. Okay. Father God, thank you that you said you will be with us until the end of time. Jesus, we want to declare hope unto these people. 